Well, this morning, I uh, want to challenge you a little bit to use our imaginations. Imagine something and uh, that it will be as real as it can uh, and that we will uh, maybe feel uh, some of this. And uh, imagine there's an individual that uh, was uh, guilty of uh, some offenses and it was to the point that the penalty was death by firing squad. So we have an individual, <clears throat> sentence is passed, guilty, not challenging it. And again, the, the penalty was of a uh, going before a firing squad. So I'd like to kind of, again, if we can use our imagination a little bit what this would be like. So we have a man being led out of his cell. And against this wall be 12 men with rifles. So they lead him over here to a post where they'll tie him up. But he sees all these people on these front rows that are be, uh, well, we'll just say people on these front rows or, or the other ones too. But he sees their faces as he goes down through there. So they bring him over to a, a post and they begin to tie him up. So they take the... Uh, uh, the rough ropes and everything, tie him on his hands, tie him to the post, tie his feet up. And uh, then they take a blindfold or a hood, put down over his head, you can't see anything. And then, again, as you're using your imagination, you're watching this unfold, then you hear the command over there, ready. And you hear the guns as they inject that shell up into that chamber. Aim. And maybe if this was a movie, the, the scene would change a little bit and you'd be looking, your view would be looking down the barrel of those rifles or the crosshairs and all of them aimed at the heart of this one here that was tied up. So you hear ready, aim, and then fire. Well, in our imagination, in our movie scene, everything's in slow motion then. And over here, these 12 with the rifles, you see the, a close-up of the finger as it slowly squeezes the trigger. Maybe a cutaway, and you see the firing pin hitting the, the, the bullet that ignites the powder. And in slow motion, you see those 12 bullets coming out of those guns, all aimed for the heart of this one's tied up. And then we'll just stop it right here. Now, once you use your imagination, that that person is you. So, take you out of your cell. You see the 12 judgment here. Take you over, and as you're walking slowly, you see the faces of the people here. 
Take you over and again, you feel the rough ropes on your hands. They tie you to this post. Tie your feet to the post. Put the hood down over your head. It's dark, you can't see anything. So this is you now. And then you hear the words, ready. You hear those shells being ejected into those chambers. Aim. You know what's happening. Maybe you'd fidget a little bit. Maybe you'd try to free yourself. Can't do that. So you hear the ready, aim, and fire. And you hear the crack of those 12 guns. But you don't feel anything. And there's silence for a little while. So then somebody comes and takes the hood, the blindfold off. And, you know, you're uh, confused. Your eyes are not adjusted to the light yet, so you're not seeing real well. But they go down to untie the, the ropes from your legs, and as you look down, you see a big pool of blood. But yet, you don't feel any pain. You don't, you don't feel anything. And uh, so as your eyes get a little better, then you see a man laying there in that pool of blood. And you're, you know, you're, you're, you're confused. You don't, you don't understand. And then you look this front row, there's an empty seat. Then you realize this man here in his pool of blood, that's, that's that man who was sitting in the front row. So then you begin to ask some questions. And then they tell you this man jumped out of there in front of those bullets and took all that judgment on your behalf. So again, you begin to ask more questions. And then they say, well, then they take you, they lead you to his house where he lived. And there you're met by his servant. Let's just say his servant's name was uh, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. But they take you to his house. And let's just say his house, we'll call it the church. But they lead you there. So you're, all of a sudden now, this man that jumped out in front, took all these bullets, you want to know more about him. You just, you, you don't understand, but you want to know more. So again, you're led to this house, his house. And the, his servant is there. And the servant may, you, you have a lot of questions. You just want to know more about this man. Well, and you are... There you learn more about this man, but you learn something about yourself as well at the same time. So you go, and, and in this house, it's just endless filing cabinets. We could use computers, but I'm going to use filing cabinets. Use whichever you can imagine the best. 
So these filing, you see all these filing cabinets. And you see one here with your name on it. So you pull it out. Start going through all these millions of papers. And you start out, my goodness, this was an ultrasound when I was in the mother's womb before I was ever born. And you might see uh, uh, your birth certificate. You might see uh, when you failed, had a boo-boo. Maybe you'll see uh, uh, your first birthday. And all these records are in here different things that have happened in your life. In fact, every event that happened in your life. The injuries, the dark times in your life. Every thought that you ever had. And all this, this man who jumped in front of you had all this information on you. Uh, sicknesses, broken hearts, every, every thought. Maybe there's a, some pages in there where you once thought that uh, you got to heaven by your free will or by your works. And then you got to a, down here, pulled out a page, the numbers of hair on your head, which changes. Sometimes you go through treatments and don't have as much, and then more. So every, the hair's on your head at all points in your life. So this person has all this information on you. The good and the bad. And yet, he still jumped out in front of you and took those bullets of judgment. Of course, we're talking about a picture of Jesus Christ and his substitutionary death for you. And it was, instead of a firing squad, it was a cross. And we see this all through the scriptures portrayed this way as a substitution for you. And I want to start back in Genesis chapter 22. And, and you're all familiar with it, but I sometimes, I, well, I just like reading, I guess. Uh, Genesis chapter 22. Abraham and Isaac, and we see certainly there's a picture of a substitution there. And uh, as we look at this, as we tried to put ourselves in the shoes of this person that was uh, uh, guilty and the judgment passed was death, and of course that was death by firing squad, and we picture ourselves there 
and, and hearing the sound of the guns and, and, and everything, but yet you felt no pain. You saw the blood and you saw this person that did that, and you saw this person knew everything about you, yet he still did that. Mort, on his, uh, one of the CDs, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind, said he knew me, yet he loved me. So I hope this example uh, causes to to feel, uh, to maybe understand a little more, but, but to feel. So Genesis 22, and as we look at these substitutions, put yourself in the place of each one of them. Uh, as we read about Abraham and Isaac, put yourself in Isaac's shoes if you can. And let's just start in verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did test Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and cut the wood for a burnt offering, and rose up, and went into the place of which God uh, had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife. They went both of them together up this mountain. Again, put yourself in Isaac's shoes if you can. Use your imagination again. And Isaac uh, spoke unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Isaac knew about sacrifices. He knew, uh, uh, well, he just knew some about sacrifices. Verse 8, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Now, uh, God had told uh, Abraham, Go give your son, go sacrifice him. Go kill him. In three days, that was in Isaac's mind. In, in Abraham's mind, uh, Isaac was as good as dead because it said it was three days there. So anyway, so here's Isaac. And he asked a question. Where's the lamb? Said, we got the wood, we got the fire and everything, but where's the lamb? There's going to be an offering here. Where's the lamb? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. So now put yourself in Isaac's shoes. So I guess they took this wood and they probably split it up, split this wood, and they made an altar out of stones and so forth, put the wood there. And Isaac knew well, there was going to be a sacrifice, but... At that point, he didn't completely understand. And then he was bound. 
and laid on the wood. Isaac knew then. He knew that he was going to, that this, I'm not sure what, how to label it, but he knew that this sentence was passed on to him. That he was to be this. Verse 10, And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. So here you are on this wood. And I've seen it in movies. They picture a knife like they're going to stab him. I don't think it's like that at all. Again, my opinion, okay? I think the knife was, was just to like to cut his throat. That's how they did the animals. They cut the throat that they would bleed. So I believe, so here Isaac was bound. Here you are bound on this wood. And he's got the knife ready to cut your throat. This was the, I'll call it the sentence that was passed. Verse 11, And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And we see the types and shadows here. Isaac is still here, though. Still bound on the wood. There's going to be a sacrifice. Verse 13, And Abraham lift up his eyes and looked, and behold... Behind him a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. So there you are. He built an altar out of stones, I assume, uncut stones. Laid the wood on it. There you are, bound, laying on there, the knife ready to cut your throat. There you are. And then behind Abraham, and I just, I'm not sure the significance of that, but it said behind him, and I hadn't seen that till this morning. But anyway, behind him was a ram caught in the thickets by its horns. So you, Isaac, taken off of there. And the ram was put in your stead and sacrificed. And here you are. You're, you're watching all this. You see all this. You know that that was, that was you. That was in your stead. That was a substitution for you. Uh, let me read 13 again. Uh, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram... And offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said unto this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And I don't want to get too carried away, but the mount of the Lord, the high, high places were started out as places of worship. It even got to be places of false worship. So they just say high places. It could be either one. But in the Mount of the Lord, in the now, I'll just say in this day and age, in the Mount of the Lord, in the high places, it shall be seen. 
you see the, the substitution, the sacrifice in your stead. In the high place, in the mount of the Lord, that's where you see that. Uh, we see a substitution, Adam and Eve, after they fell. Oh, they tried to make, with the work of their hands, the fig leaves, coverings, and everything. That didn't work. So what do we have? We ha and I, I use my imagination here as well. We have God clothing them with coats. He made coats of skins for them. And he didn't go down to the leather store and buy it. He went out. He killed an animal. And my opinion, up until this point, there'd never been any death. I don't think there's any death of any animals or anything up until this point. That's my opinion, okay? So God took an animal, and my opinion is they probably had seen this animal before. Probably like a pet. And I picture a nice white sandy beach and everything. And I picture God killing that animal, shedding that blood right in front of Adam and Eve. And we see all this blood and everything. I picture God putting the coats of skins on them and the, the body heat from that animal was still in there and the blood dripping down them. And they knew, Adam and Eve knew that was in their stead. Isaiah 53. And, and we could talk about the Passover as well. The Passover, and there's a lot of components of the Passover that maybe we don't think of often. But the, past, the original, the first Passover... The sentence was passed. Every firstborn, animal or human, the sentence was passed. It was going to die this night. But God told Israel, his elect people, take a lamb, put it up, observe it, make sure it didn't have any spot or blemish. You kill it, you take the blood, and you put it on the lintel and on the two side posts. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over. And, and we, we see the picture there, of course. But picture you being the firstborn and you were spared. But then you, when, they, when they went out of their houses to leave and go borrow gold of the Egyptian or the, yeah, the Egyptians, can you imagine all the crying and wailing there was and all through the land of Egypt and those households, the firstborn and every one of them had died that night? plus the livestock and everything else. So you go out and you, you're the firstborn and you come out and you all that wailing and crying and everything and realizing that little lamb and that blood paid the price for your redemption. Seeing what happened throughout all the Egyptians and, and it doesn't tell us did every Israelite do that? I don't know. And I, uh, maybe there's an answer in the scriptures. Uh, I haven't uh, actually haven't thought this. It hasn't been 
enlightened to me, I'll put it that way. But uh, we look at that aspect of all the pain and suffering, all the death, and yet because of that lamb and that blood up there, you were spared. So the scripture is full of types and shadows of this substitution of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53 and, and verse 10. And it's talking, of course, about Jesus Christ. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief. And study that word grief sometime. Uh, look it up in, in the Hebrew. Uh, interesting study there. But put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. So, as in our make-believe where the man jumped out of the front row and took the bulls for you. Uh, the ram for Isaac, the substitute for him, the blood of the little lamb saved you as, as a firstborn. Uh, this is all a picture, again, of Jesus Christ uh, for you. And John, Gospel of John chapter 12. Let's run there for a moment. John... 12. And let's start in verse 23. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified, telling his disciples and so forth this. And they had... They had a problem understanding this as well. They just didn't understand. They thought, well, this is our king, you know. He... But anyway, the hours come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it will bring forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life uh, in the world uh, shall keep it unto eternal life. Uh, if any man serve me, let him follow me. Where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, he tells us. He tells his disciples. Now is my soul troubled. This hour has come where he's going to be, go to the cross or where he's going to take the bullets of your firing squad. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I into this hour. Now we understand in, in the human side of him and his weakness in the garden of Gethsemane, we prayed, Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine. But here we see the other side of it. <clears throat> the hour has come. And I'm, my soul's troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. So here... 
our picture and our Lord sitting on the front row there when this firing squad and, and these 12 bullets aimed at your heart and everything. And he could have sat there, could have walked out, could have been safe in that hour and more things. That, uh, uh, he could have called 10,000 angels. He didn't have to jump out and take those bullets. He didn't have to go to the cross. As a lamb didn't have to give his blood on the lintel on the side post to redeem you. Didn't have to do that. And, and that's what it says here. He didn't have to do that. He said, but for this cause came I to this hour. So as he looked at your filing cabinet, every single thing, every thought, everything in your entire life. Yet he's still there in that front row to take the bullet for you. Take the cross for you. That's the reason he came. That's the reason he died. Uh, Romans chapter 5. I hope we can see or feel this a little deeper. Sometimes, you know, we, we hear it so much and, and we believe it. We're blessed with it, you know. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. They crucified him. And, and we hear so much. And sometimes, I don't know, sometimes it's good to, uh, to look at it afresh again. As uh, look at it afresh, as, and I is in our example, you want to learn more about this man. <laughs> that did this for you, you have questions, you know, why did he do this? And then as you go and you see, he had kept, you know, I, uh, some of you know, I don't think I'm in the category as a hoarder, but, uh, <laughs> but I save things. I save things, I save, you know, cards and, and uh, just, you know, I, I save things. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so, but here, he saved everything of yours. Everything, has everything. Every thought, everything. Can't you see love there? Especially when you take, he knew all this, he had all this. All the days of your life, he's been tracking this. And that's, of course, well, we'll leave it at that. But yet, he jumped out in front of you. You want to know more and more, and you hunger for that. And that's what I want us to do. I want us to think of this, that we hunger once again uh, for this. Uh, Romans chapter, eight, or chapter 5 and verse 8. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And in verse 19... A lot of times we read uh, verse 12 with it. We'll just go straight to verse 19. For as by one man disobedience, many were made sinners. That's Adam. We all fell in Adam. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So I want to picture that, that, yeah, he jumped out and he took my bullets. But he did that for others as well. Yes, as individuals. Uh, but yet he done it for many individuals. All the elect. But by the obedience of one. 
shall many be made righteous. Does the religious world see that by the obedience of one? Or are they looking by all their obedience? Romans 9 and uh, 16. So then it's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Let's go back to a firing squad situation. And I've given some different analogies of this, but so now we know we know what's happened. We know he jumped out, took all his bolts for you and everything, and we know what's happened. Would you then later, you wouldn't go tell people, they say, well, I thought you was going to be before the firing squad. Yeah. But, you know, I, I did some certain things and, and, and everything, and, uh, and they let me go because I was a nice guy. Or I was able, those ropes get untied, and I, I run away and everything. You wouldn't tell people that. After this person jumped out, took those bullets, and you see how they loved you and everything they knew about you, you wouldn't go tell them, yeah, I got free. I freed myself because I slipped those ropes or I gave them a sob story or something like that. You wouldn't, you wouldn't tell them that. What is the religious world telling? Through their works, their struggles, their obedience, that's how they're saved. That's what the world, the religious world, and in their ignorance, Uh, Galatians 2.21 kind of speaks to that. And Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to record this. And, and he, he had this, uh, and there's a reason it had been brought up. There's a reason he made this statement. It's applicable then and applicable today as well. Galatians 2 and 21. He says, I do not make void or frustrate the grace, of, the grace of God. We know what the grace of God is. I do not make void the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. So we'll say this, this man on the front row that jumped out in front of us, he did that by grace. He didn't, we didn't know this person we didn't earn his love, nothing like that. But his grace, he jumped out in front of there and took it by his grace, an unmerited favor. We didn't deserve it, but an unmerited favor, he took that for you. But then if we say that my righteousness was, or my freedom was another way, then we made void the grace of God. I mean, we don't make it void, but by our teaching or believing, whatever words we would say, we, we make void the grace of God. Just, no, it, it wasn't by His grace. It was because I broke those ropes or something. Uh, I was going to go to Ephesians, but let's, let's, uh, let's go to Hebrew. It's hard not to go to Ephesians, but we will. Let's go to Hebrew chapter 1.
And the first three verses. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed uh, heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And, and buddy, you mentioned to uh, uh, Jesus Christ and him crucified. When he by himself. Again, the religious world haven't been blessed to know this. They haven't been blessed to see the love of God, the love of Christ, the grace. They haven't been blessed to see that. Hebrew 2 and 2. For if the word spoken by the angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. Now that reward is not like... I'll just say it one more time. Uh, maybe when I was a child, mom would say, you're going to get it when you get home. Well, that was my reward. It wasn't the kind of reward that I wanted, and I never forgot. But anyway, uh, but this, every sin, every transgression will receive, uh, every transgression, disobedience will receive a just recompense of reward. Now, what you deserved was those 12 bullets from that firing squad. That's what we deserved. But, and it had to be paid for. And Jesus Christ took those bullets and paid for it. Paid for our redemption. Uh, every, one of them, every one of those sins and transgressions and disobedience had to receive a just recompense of reward. And now let's go to the 12th chapter of Hebrews. And And verse 2, as we look at our salvation, as we look at uh, falling in Adam and what we are, verse 2, Hebrew 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. I know I read that a lot. I talk about that a lot. So we go back to our firing squad uh, thing. So he jumped out in front of you. He considered you joy. Even though he had his filing cabinet with all this stuff in there, he still considered you joy. And that's why he endured the cross. I started to say uh, one thing I, in the filing cabinet. And well, let me mention it now. A little late mentioning it. But anyway, so... I said the first thing we saw was maybe this uh, ultrasound or sonogram or whatever of you in, in the womb and everything. But found another document. And we'll date this document 20 billion years B.C. And there's a contract between the Father and the Son sometime in eternity past. And that piece of paper in there that contract 
And Jesus Christ, back then, you set before him, he considered you joy. And there it was. He signed the contract before the joy was set before him, he endured the cross. So what do, we, what do we say about these things? Again, I want us to, to, I want to be real. I want to be fresh again. I'll, I'll close with this scripture in Acts. I'll just read one verse or maybe two. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They had heard about Jesus Christ. They had heard about the grace. They had heard about the substitution. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And that's, again, this firing squad, this man did this for you and, and we see how much he loved you and in spite of things he loved you. Well, what do we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is unto you and your children, and to all them that are far off, even as many as our Lord our God shall call. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.